What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Relentless Life Podcast. I'm your host, Chance Galloway. I created this podcast to help individuals find their purpose in life, to never give up, and to learn how to live relentlessly through the minds of individuals who exemplify what it means to live a relentless lifestyle. Are you ready to take this journey with me? Let's take off. Chance, it's been a minute, man. What's going on, man? Thanks for having me on your show. Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, this is my friend Chance Galloway. Uh, Chance, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself real quick? This is Taboo Topic, everyone. Welcome back, by the way. Yeah, Ken, first of all, man, I, I really I admire what you're doing with the podcast, and I know it's fairly new to you, but I just wanted to, uh, to let you know that you're doing a phenomenal job at getting your message across to your listeners and to the people that follow you and get your newsletter and um, I myself is, have, as I was saying before we started recording, have read a few of your newsletters, listened to a couple of your podcasts, and you have just awesome information out there. Uh, you know, I think just like myself, we're very young and hungry <laughs> individuals. You know, to to yeah. just learn it, learn as much as we can about whether it's health, um, the government. Uh, you know, in your case, taboo topic. You know, these are topics that are oftentimes, you know, I guess we can say are maybe shunned or, or not very, I mean, the name talks for itself, taboo topic, right? Things that aren't really talked about that much. So, you know, I'm, I'm excited to be here uh, and I'll get into my introduction a little bit. My name is Chance Galloway. I'm 24 years old. I reside here in Southwest Florida. So Ken and I actually grew up together. I've known Ken since what, man, sixth grade or something like that. We go, yeah. we go way back. Um, but but yeah, I, I, I live here. I'm a personal trainer. I work for my family uh, roofing company, Galloway Roofing. And, uh, you know, I, I do podcasts uh, myself on, on the side with The Relentless Life. I'm the host of The Relentless Life. I wrote a book, Dream Big, Never Settle, Always Smile, DNA. Uh, just a few of the things that I've done and, and things that I believe in. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm about self-betterment. I'm about helping others realize their true potential in life. And that, you know, if you put your head down to something that you truly believe in, you can absolutely make that dream or that goal or that objective uh, become a reality. So I'm excited to be here today, Ken, to talk to you about, I'm sure, many different things. Uh, primarily, I think we're going to talk about animal-based versus uh, plant-based diet, right? So, yeah, we'll be getting into that as far as uh, which direction society would be better off going and eating more animal-based sure. or plant-based but also, we, want, but that's also we, could, we can also talk about things that we have in common as far as like some basic common grounds that everyone can get on board. Sure. Um, and that's, well, quick story. I got to call you out real quick because I saw an Instagram post on your, uh, whatchamacallit, Galloway yeah. Fitness. And it was like a flashback post of like when you were a kid, or pretty much a teenager. Okay. It said how, uh, you know, you were picked out everything like that. I'm like, and I thought to myself like this. This guy used to give me so much crap. Like you were like you're always bigger than me. Like well, that. that that wasn't always the case. <laughs> I don't know if you remember in middle school. I mean, I I started putting on size and really started working out. I think it was like ninth grade, yeah, freshman year of high school. And before that, I was I was always skinny. You know, I was always that like skinnier kid. And yeah. um, you know, I no, I, 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 I I don't say that to be disrespectful. Like I'm like have no, you're, you're just re- no, I get it. You're just yeah. remembering the the. <laughs> Chance, who was always in the gym, like every time you passed the Lemon Bay oh, Fitness yeah. Center, like I was in there, you know, yeah. and it's, being a meathead. <laughs> but you know, it's kind of funny though, because when we were in high school, like you and I would talk about, like, or try to encourage each other to eat healthy. 
Um, yeah, I remember always, that, man. And we always seem to have a different idea what that looked like. Because um, I remember, I think it was senior year of high school, I transitioned from drinking whole milk, just like just regular dairy milk to almond milk. Mm. And, um, you know, at that time, I would tell you like, yeah, it's actually, you know, better, it produces more calcium than whole milk, which you probably would back, you probably would agree with that today, even this morning or this afternoon. But I would disagree with that. You actually disagree with that your old self uh, on that one. Yeah, no, I, well, I've changed a lot, man. I mean, I think that's what's so important about humans as we evolve throughout life and we adapt to, uh, you know, to different ideologies and different perspectives around us is that we uh, remain open-minded, you know, and, and that's, that's a problem, uh, a significant problem I have with a lot of these, um, you know, I don't want to completely point the finger at like veganism or, or plant-based advocates, but I feel as though if they remained a little bit more open-minded to, you know, some of these studies that are out there, um, and, and question these studies, they might have a different, uh, perspective, if you will, on the whole, um, idea of what the optimal human diet is, you know? Yeah. So yeah, I guess yeah, that's yeah. a great segue for us to kind of, to dive into it. I don't know how you want to start with, uh, with naming your, how about, how about before we kind of name each side of where we both stand? Why don't we talk? I, I like what you said in the beginning, Ken, about where we both stand and what we actually agree on. And, and the, the, the main idea behind this conversation is to be productive and be proactive rather than, shame each other and beat each other down. Um, I think that we can both significantly learn from this and anybody listening to this can also learn as well. So why don't we first name a few things that we agree on, you know, a, f- a few ideas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I think we can both actually, why don't you tell me the poll numbers that you got that, you know, assigned you a few days ago. So I don't you actually have them. I, I don't have them in front of me, but, um, they what were the predominance for you. So they were in favor uh, of the one question was um, about the government being involved in a uh, uh, like a, a one regulated a one size fits all diet. And, and, and I think it was 100 percent in favor of no, they should not be involved in it, which I thought was very interesting. And I, I thought that that was the answer that we were going to get anyways from that poll, mm-hmm. um, which didn't surprise me at all, because, you know, whether you sit right or left on the political uh, uh, totem pole, um, you know, in regards to diet, I don't think that many people like the fact that uh, Uncle Sam or a bigger entity is in control of you should eat this, you know, and, and this is what's good for you. It's, it's a little scary, you know, and I think that that can be applied to, I mean, you talk about it all the time in your show. I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and state my political background. You know, my political background, I don't, this podcast isn't about that, but you know, I think it's, it's a very scary thing to think like uncle Sam is here to prescribe me this specific diet. Like they might have a different, um, a different, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, a mindset, a different path paradigm. for us than, than we, we might want, you know, uh, uh, they yeah. have a, this idea of, you know, the popular, the U S population, we control them. And that's what yeah. you and I really don't agree with. We agree with freedom of speech and freedom to, uh, uh, bear arms and, and, and all of the amendments that our, that our founding fathers had set out for us. And I think that that whole diet thing kind of aligns in that, in that path. Yeah. Um, what you may call it for transparency purposes, folks like Chance Galloway tends to lean more to the right. So I'm all about and transparency. I'm, 
And I'm sure and, a lot of your listeners probably are that way, I would assume. Yeah. Um, um, now, there's some listen. Well, I don't say some listeners. I don't know if Matt, you remember Matt? Matt Carlin? Yeah, 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 of course. Yeah. Um, he's actually more politically to the left. And uh, I've told him to listen to my podcast, but I'm not sure if he's actually done that. But so I'll probably bug him about it after this episode. <laughs> which, which to clarify, like to anybody listening, like I'm not one to force or push my beliefs on anybody. Oh, whether no, no, that's no, 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 no. And I know, Ken, you're the same way, man. You know, I just feel as though it's it's always important, no matter what you're discussing, whether it's diet, relationships, politics, you name it, education, to remain open-minded and just to always think of different perspectives. And I think at the end of the day, people that are not like that are um, they're not going to seek the truth. They're not going to find yeah. the best form of an answer of, of seeking the truth. So that's all I'll yeah. say about that. Yeah, and I think it's interesting how the modern conservative. It's pretty much taking place what old liberalism used to be in regards to they're get we're anti-authoritarian mm-hmm. and the whole premise of the standard American diet that the government uh, pushed on the American population. I mean, that's yeah. based, it came from the concept of like authoritarian, like the government should be involved in people's lives as far as how to uh, be healthy, which. I think based on the results, Ronald Reagan was right when he said government creates more problems than solutions. Yeah. And I think this is a very clear example with the standard American diet. And that's actually something you and I agree on. It's like whether you're animal based or plant based, plant based, yeah. It's uh we agree that both of those diets are probably a lot healthier option to go with. <laughs> For sure. Yeah, no, I, I completely uh, agree with that, Ken. Absolutely. Um, absolutely. Which, which brings my next question as far as like, what was the other poll as far as, which, was that the general consensus with your poll with uh, the standard American diet? Do people well, agree with it? With it, uh, yeah, no, most people did not. And I, th- okay. I think it might've been a hundred percent again in, in, in not favor of the standard wow. American diets. Sad, right? S-A-D, sad. Um, <laughs> my, my sister's actually the one that brought that acronym to my attention. I always knew of the standard American diet, but I didn't actually like realize it spells sad. Like this is sad that people are eating like this, you know? So yeah. it's, I, when I hear that, I literally think of Donald Trump thinking, saying like, this is a very sad result of American politics right here. It's very <laughs> shameful, shameful that Americans are fat, even on like a good cheeseburger occasionally. It's very sad. <laughs> not bad on your interpretation, Ken. Not bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, man. But uh, it's, you know, it is. It's very sad that that's, that is where we're at in 2021. And it's, it's almost like, how do we, how do we come back from this? And I think that's the biggest question we need to ask ourselves, whether we believe in going plant-based or animal-based. The question that I oftentimes am now asking myself every day is how can I live more like my ancestors? And I know that that kind of broadens out for a massive discussion on like, well, you're saying your ancestors chance, but like geographically speaking, where did your ancestors like originate? And like, you know, unless you have a DNA test or like really know the, the, the true lineage of your family, where they came from, you're not going to know that. But I, I truly believe that the majority of our ancestors were hunter gatherer. That's they were hunter gatherers. We didn't discover agriculture, farming, monocropping, all of these human made processes until about 10 or 12,000 years ago. And, you know, people don't 
they don't have these facts in front of them to really put things into perspective. And it wasn't until I started reading, I have the books in front of me, The Carnivore Code by uh, Dr. Paul Saladino. And this is like, this is my guy here. This is where I get a lot of my information, but I don't just isolate it to, to Paul. Um, you know, there's other books I, I'm reading um, currently in this book here, The Big Fat Surprise uh, by Nina. Uh, I, I always mispronounce her last name, Nina Tykholz. And it's, it's about, uh, it goes all the way back to the 1940s and 1950s, post-World War II, and talks about how this, um, this doctor, uh, Ansel Keys, and this is a very familiar name in the health industry. Uh, he's now deceased, but he was a big name in the 50s and 60s. And he was actually the gentleman, the doctor, right, who decided to do research, right, these epidemiology studies on the, the adverse effects of cholesterol and saturated fat on the body. And ever since then is when these seed oils such as vegetables, soybean, canola, all of these oils were made and massively um, produced to replace saturated fat. So this is when like the whole red meat thing started to be like, yeah, come about to say like, oh, red meat's not good for you. Red meat causes cancer and you know, having high cholesterol is a bad thing. I personally now can don't think that high cholesterol is bad, believe it or not. Isn't that like crazy to think? Like I yeah. am boldly saying that I don't think now that comes with like stipulations for everybody. Like I can't just say on your podcast, like you can have 500 on the scale and be totally and, fine. Like I'm not saying and, that. And before we go any further, we, I do want to remind everyone that we're not experts by any means. Um, do not take our word verbatim, but actually seek professional advice before. Uh, yes, that, that's absolutely true. I, I am a certified personal trainer. I, I do have a few specializations with functional movement. Uh, however, I do not have any yeah. specializations or certifications in the realm of nutrition. Um, this is solely uh, personal research. This is solely right. me reading and yeah, so I that, that is I'm very happy you said that, Ken. Yeah, because we're both just so the audience so like neither of us are experts. This is based on our right. own research, <laughs> and you brought up the ancestral part, and you're getting ahead of me on that one. So we'll get to that question later on. Yeah, uh, yeah, sure. Uh, um, what you may call it, but yeah, but I think another common ground you and I could agree upon is the processed foods in our country. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. I think cutting that out from our diet would be significant in helping reduce obesity I, and all I the agree. problems we're having. Yeah, absolutely, man. I, and I think that, as I kind of stated, you know, it, it all started kind of back in the 50s and 60s when all of these epid observational epidemiology studies were being conducted. And that's kind of to to teach anybody out there who's not really sure of, of what epidemiology is or observational epidemiology is, is it's studies that are done that aren't exactly in a controlled environment, they appear to be controlled on paper, but when you really dig into the nitty gritty of it, there is what's known as healthy and unhealthy user bias. So they're taking, they're trying to isolate one aspect of this experiment of whatever food they're consuming or whatever aspect variable they're trying to isolate. And they don't take into consideration that six out of the nine people in this experiment also smoke cigarettes. Right. Right. So like uh, Dr. Saladino uh, calls it the James Dean type, the people who are um, daredevils, right? The pe people that eat red meat, they smoke cigarettes, they ride dirt bikes, they jump off roofs, you know, they drink a lot of alcohol, they do drugs. Like now this can all come in excess, obviously. And I'm not saying that every person in these experiments that were used uh, or studies over a 10, 20 year period were like this, but 
you want to look at studies that are a little bit more controlled. And unfortunately, a lot of the studies that are out there that people have access to on Google and on the internet weren't exactly in a controlled setting. And um, I truly feel, Ken, if if you I, – I was plant. okay, so I'm just going to say this. I was going to go vegan, like full on, fully believed in vegan just, I would say, two years ago. I was going to ask. Two and a half years ago. I was going to um, actually – yeah, I was going to actually ask you if you wouldn't mind sharing my audience as far as like – how Absolutely. you started from high school and how you end up the current diet you're on now. Sure. Yeah. I'd love to go through that. And I have a lot of things on my mind, obviously that I, that I want to talk about. Uh, yeah. It's just kind of like a revolving cylinder of information that I'm just going to try to regurgitate here for you on a microphone. That's fine. Um, but I, but I started out, uh, I got into fitness kind of early on. I was uh, maybe 13 years old in seventh grade. My mom bought me a dumbbell set. I started following that P90X ab ripper course on YouTube. I religiously followed it. I started getting into running. I ran my first um, uh, 5K, so the 3.1 mile run when I was in eighth grade. Then I fell in love with running. I started experiencing that runner's high. And if you've ever had that, it truly is an amazing feeling. Yeah. And then when I got into high school, I got into weightlifting. And that's when the diet the whole aspect of the diet really started to kick in. Um, but actually let me backtrack. So I, I developed a severe nut allergy at the age of only 10. So I was in fourth grade, still living in New Jersey and I was eating this really nutty peanut butter in the school cafeteria. And I started to feel like shit, right? I, my throat was closing up. I was breaking out from head to toe in hives and I just was feeling very nauseous, very sick. My throat was starting to close up. So I got, I rushed to the nurse's office and they called my parents and they found out I was having a severe allergic reaction. They didn't know what to at the time, sent me to the ER, bam, I'm allergic to nuts. So I'm 24 now. So for the last 14 and a half years, I've had to deal with a severe nut allergy. So everything that I, growing up, I ate that was new to me, I would have to look on the back of the label and I have to read the ingredients, right? So as I'm reading the ingredients, checking for nuts, I'm also seeing all of these other long illustrated names. And I'm questioning like, what, what are these things? Like, like these are in this food that I'm putting in my mouth. And then just above the nutrition, the not nutrition label, the ingredients was the nutrition label. So I started tracking the, you know, macronutrients, our macros, proteins, fats, carbohydrates. At the time, I didn't know what the hell carb was, but I will look at I would look at fats, right? Because as a kid, I thought fats were no good. Like if you eat fat, you gain fat, right? Like that's the whole like theory. Well, it's actually not true. At the time, that's what I thought. So I became obsessed with health, whether it was in the right or wrong way. It was really in the right way because I became obsessed with trying to better my physical health. And eventually yeah. that evolved into my mental health, emotional, spiritual, the whole nine. Um, so I get through high school, I would say primarily eating. Uh, I got into bodybuilding through high school. So I was I was big into lifting weights, into competing with weightlifting. I got into doing my – I did my first bodybuilding show in college. I know I'm kind of jumping around here. But I was primarily on like a pretty much eat anything to get big while modifying like how much fast food I ate, how much processed junk food and um, – stuff like that. I ate. got to college. I started to refine my diet a little bit more, started to eradicate certain things that I knew might, uh, you know, harm me. So I got, you know, I was buying packs and packs of Purdue chicken from Walmart and white rice. And, uh, I'm, I'm trying to go back here cause this was cool, you know, about six years ago when I started my first year of college yeah. broccoli, I would buy, I would buy big, big frozen bags of broccoli and, and the mixed veggies. And to me at that time, that was healthy. That They were my meals. I was eating uh, a brown brown rice, but then I actually evolved to white rice because I believe white rice is 
better than brown rice. Brown rice has some adverse effects on our health, believe it or not. Uh, so I was brown rice, chicken, vegetables, sweet potatoes, and throughout college, it kind of evolved from there. Graduate college in 2019, and that's when things really start kicking off. I'm watching different documentaries. I remember watching the documentary Game Changers on Netflix. I'm sure you've all have heard that. If you haven't, um, I, honestly, I don't suggest watching it. A lot of it is, you know, it's very biased. If, if you look up the writers and producers of that documentary, they're all vegan biased, all plant-based biased individuals. And I think a lot, like not to bring politics up in this, but I really have seen like a similar path with how people think when it comes to diet and how people think when it comes to politics. And like, I don't want to expose myself to anybody out there because I have friends that are both on the left and the right. And I like to keep it that way, you know, and I think that's important. I know you're the same way, but in regards to some people thinking, say in the left, I feel like they're kind of closed minded to some ideas and they don't really put themselves in other people's shoes. And I think you can kind of say the same thing in regards to like diet. And I don't want to say like put yourself in other people's shoes, but with diet, you kind of have to look at it as, you know, what the foods that we're eating, right? Yeah. Don't just look at the, I was very big into the macro, into the proteins, mm-hmm. fats, and carbohydrates, right? How are these three macronutrient groups going to affect my body, right? You eat. Uh, a lot of protein, you're going to build some muscle, right? You eat a lot of carbohydrates and a lot of fat. You might put on some fat if you're not exercising. I learned how to manipulate the carbohydrates, how to manipulate the fat and the protein. And I got down to say 4.9% body fat, the very last bodybuilding show I did. And that allowed me to kind of like play with that. But after those those years of being a bodybuilder and being on stage competing, and all I was worried about was, look, I, I I got more into what I was actually putting into my mouth and the ingredients that were in those foods and the the adverse effects those foods were going to have on not just my health today and tomorrow, but my health for the next 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years, right? And I think that's how we all have to think. And whether you go plant-based, animal-based, vegan, carnivore, whatever extreme you pick, I think that whether you go either way, an extreme might might have a negative effect. Obviously, in my opinion, Going carnivore is going to be, this is my opinion, is going to be, um, you're going to be much better off than going fully vegan. And I say that with a vegan sister and a, and a vegan, uh, now she would be my sister-in-law one day, which is weird to say, Savannah's engaged. Um, yeah. But they're both heavily vegan. I have other people I know that are vegan and, you know, to each his own, you know, if that's what you enjoy, uh, so be it. I'm not here to tell you what to eat or how to live your life. I just know that I've personally had um, a phenomenal experience a phenomenal i feel phenomenal on an animal-based diet i know plenty of people who have switched from being vegan and not just vegan but also obviously a standard american diet Uh, but i think it really tells more when people have switched from being vegan to the other end because when you when you're just in the middle and eating refined grains seed oils sugars all of this processed food and you switch to either vegan or um carnivore or animal-based you're gonna see improvements i mean you can we can both agree with that yeah Um, so you know that's kind of where i stand i'll let you kind of i've been talking a lot no no no. you're the main guest so (laughs) Um, (laughs) it sounds like what you're saying like the standard american diet kind of puts everyone in this purgatory state when it comes to our health is that is that a fair assessment yeah i mean i would say so i i would say that that's because what you said, basically, like you're better off just going either one direction or going the other versus like the standard American diet. Um, 
So I, I, it's hard to say, man, because with everybody, everybody is in a different situation with, with their health circumstances. Like, like personally, Peterson, for example, right. She has autoimmune disease and the carnivore many diet autoimmune. and actually am going on a strictly carnivore diet. Now you can clarify for me, like I, I know there's different, car, different kinds of carnivore diets. Like there's the carnivore diet where you literally just eat animal products and no dairy. And then you yeah, have, there's many, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, um, but I know for like for certain people, and you look good to yourself and everything like that. Like for certain people, it works out for them. Yeah, it works out for them. And then so, there's also stories like people who've gone to plant based diet, which I used to say vegan, but I didn't realize like how religious some people took that. Yeah, in a sense, as far as like some people are like literally like you have to like change your clothing. And I'll be honest, as far as like the Game Changers documentary, I kind of feel called out a little bit because I did watch the Game Changers. I was like the first like. Uh, I did too, and I was all on board for it. I was like, yeah, that was like the first <laughs> exposure for me as far as like plant-based stuff. But I did, my own, right. I, I did my own like digging in and everything. And I looked like – because you can make the argument that no matter what studies you look into, like they're going to have their biases regardless. Um, for sure. But they but no matter what bias they're coming from, they have like credible sources as well. Like they had sources from like Harvard studies. Uh, but does that make it credible though? So like the way I try to look at it, like even if it's like, okay, yes, Harvard is credible, right? Like it's Harvard yeah. University. Like, of course they're like, you want to say like they're a credible source, but how do I, how do I get, how do I go into this? It's, it's like the way Paul explains it is you take a bunch of crap, right? Like imagine a dump. So like you have all of these studies, right? They're all they're all pointing in the same direction of of, of plants have all of these amazing uh, polyphenols and all of these great nutrients to them, and and it saves the earth. And what, what will save the earth? That's a different argument. So leave that out of it. But in regards to our health, yeah. you know, all of these things, you pull all these studies together. But if if they have a shitty foundation, you're just piling crappy study on top of crappy study on top of crappy study. You just, you have this large amount of studies. Look at all this, all of this information, all these studies that were conducted, but it's the foundation is crap. It's not, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's not conducted. I and I, I don't have like, there's a bunch of studies in this book, obviously innovation, interventional studies that have been done that really kind of isolate red meat and different plant toxins and stuff like that. Um, but for me personally, I think the best, um, best study out there is testimonials, you know, is people coming forth and saying, I tried a vegan diet, didn't work for me. I tried an animal-based diet and my skin cleared up. Why did yeah. your skin clear up? What, why are you seeing all of these improvements, you know? And, and that to me like makes me scratch my head and it's like, you know, what's, there's something going on here that's not really talked about and it needs to be further talked about, you know? So. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. But I'll also add to that as far as like you can make the same arguments as far as, you know, people who are trying to debunk the plant based studies as far as, you know, well, look at all these studies that I have. I could probably I could say the same thing as far as, you know, well, that's junk. Or you can pile you're piling all these evidence on top of. Right. Other. And it depends on your bias. And for me, like I, in the position that I was coming from. So I guess I'll kind of explain my diet. Which, yeah, to go ahead. Honest, Love to hear. Like, like, so in high school, just so the audience know, like, Chance was always the more healthier one out of the two of us when it comes to eating. Like, <laughs> I would, I think Chance can remember, and he can attest to this, like, in lunch, specifically in high school. Like, after I finished eating, um, though he did convince me to at least 
get salads for lunch instead of like the junk processed foods. Um, right. After I ate my lunch, I went ahead and got myself like five to six cookies at a time. Yeah, I remember. That. I mean, I was there with you. I, I loved my cook. Those chocolate chip cookies, man, at lunch. I looked forward. I, I totally forgot about them until you just said them, and they were they yeah, were yeah, they were so good, and they were like freshly <laughs> baked too. And it was, yeah. but it was, but it was so bad to the point where. Um, and isn't that sad, Ken? Isn't that sad that that as like as juveniles as kids, we didn't even have the choice like a salad, right? That's healthy, but like, yeah. I'm talking like real nutrition. We didn't even have the option as kids in school to like, obviously we could pack our lunch from our parents, but like if, if you're on, you know, financial from support lower, yeah. from the government, you're from a lower economic class, like you don't have that option. And it's like really sad, you know, and, and same thing like with our jails and, and, uh, and, that's, and that's totally different, but, but it's, I'm glad you brought that up. It's not there. It's not there. And we're lacking severely in it. Yeah, and I'm glad you brought that up because especially in the minority community with Hispanics and the black community in particular, like those are your more, un- at least demographically, data shows that we're the more unhealthier group as far as like we're high, we're more prone to have diabetes, you know, being obese and overweight. Right. Um, so I'm glad you brought that up. But um, what you may call it? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely not talked about nutrition. And that's another thing we can agree upon as far as like there's just not enough conversation with in regards to nutrition and i was watching another documentary like actually about a couple weeks ago obviously plant-based bias but uh, but um what you may call it the doctors that they interviewed like one thing they all said and i talked to my aunt too like not too long ago who's like really into healthcare and into nutrition as well Right. She would probably agree with you more as far as like you should have meat, but um, they were saying that they never got that education and trained throughout all of medical school, which what does that tell you when you go see a doctor? And dude, I, dude, if you want to, okay, so before the carnivore code, this book right here, Lies My Doctor Told Me by Dr. Ken D. Berry, this guy is an animal, dude. He will call out any doctor out there that is like, not open-minded to new ideas like it this this book totally turned he's carnivore this doctor's carnivore and yeah. he's not extremely like it's not like he's extremely biased in this he just straight he straight states facts and he calls out every myth out there he goes through meat he goes through uh, different plant foods he goes through carbs and proteins and fats and different macronutrients he goes through um talking about uh, how there's so many doctors malpracticing today and that if you go to your doctor with a study or you are questioning them and they're not accepting it and they're saying, oh, no, 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 I think that you need to do – you know what I'm saying? There's a lot of doctors out there that are, are like that, that you need to find a new doctor. you know. And, and that just – I resonated with that so much because I was always that kid and that, and that uh, person, that adult now, to question my doctor. And luckily for me, I, I have a very open-minded uh, – uh, I have two different primary care doctors that I'll see. Um, but there, I have had doctors before that all they want to do is prescribe. They want to write me a script. They want to, uh, I, it's just, it needs to change. And oh, absolutely. You and know, think, you can agree with that too. And yeah, and it's very it just needs to change. Yeah. Like I can get into the whole thing as far as curriculum reform from schools if you wanted me to, but we're not focusing on that today, but right. what you call it. Yeah, but the nutrition aspect—that's what I was going to say. That they, the do- these doctors that are getting their 
freaking degrees in whatever they're specializing in, or if they're just becoming a regular PA or whatever, they're not being instructed on like nutrition and, and nutrition is medicine. Also with movement is also medicine as well. That's why I'm a personal trainer. Now I'm incorporating this nutrition aspect, but I'm a, a, a firm believer in holistic medicine and holistic healing. And, you know, if, if we can just get back to our roots and how we used to live and get away from this Western civilized type of society, we'll be much better off with our health. We won't be dying. Uh, we'll be, we'll be living so much longer, which, you know, I don't know necessarily is a good thing because we're already reaching that population plateau. We're approaching nine, is it nine or eight? I think 8 billion people. Um, I don't know, to be honest. What a, it's a crazy number, but we, we could be living like um, the medical technology we have now with mm-hmm. the knowledge with, with, if you in- incorporated that with the way that we used to eat, move and live and the, the take away all of the stress that we have today with our jobs, with, travel we're always moving on from thing to thing we can never sit down and just be patient and enjoy what's in front of us and enjoy the moment if we could do all those things man i guarantee people would start living the 120 like it was freaking nothing dude i'm telling (laughs) you humans are absolutely designed to live to 120 years old like i totally believe that totally well i can't comment on that because i don't know but i could definitely attest we're we're resilient bro humans are freaking resilient oh i agree and it's, it's, it's definitely beautiful. It's, and it's interesting how Western medicine, when it comes to preventive healthcare as a whole, we do a great job when it comes to hygiene. We do a decent job when it comes to at least vaccinations and everything like that. When it comes to like dieting, which that has been the, that has sub, that's like a general consensus as far as like, that is the number one preventable way of death that's caused all these deaths and serious illnesses. Yep. We never talk about it. And if someone actually, and, it get, and the challenge, uh, if you challenge the status quo, there's a strong pushback. And it's really with these corporations that just are interested in making that, a profit off us. That's it, man. I mean, and, and that's what kind of like, that's why I just, like, obviously you're plant-based. I don't, dude, like, I'm not going to force my values or my beliefs well, on you at all. So, yeah. but that's what I wanted to say next was, like, I obviously was plant-based. I was not plant-based, but I was heading that way. I, I was buying majority like fruits, vegetables, and maybe like 20, 30% protein, like for meat. So like I was heading that heavily. I was an omnivore, but I was heavily more of the plant side of things for a few months for a little bit. And by the way, when I was eating all, I was, I was buying kales of, of organic spinach, right? Which to most people you think, like, I used to think like this spinach is like so nutrient dense and it's such an amazing thing to put. I would do literally grab handfuls, handfuls and munch on it like a gorilla. I would put it in my, in my ninja blender with strawberries with, which strawberries aren't, I don't believe are bad or anything, but okay. with other different fruits and, and milk. And I would just blend all this crap up and I would chug it every morning. And dude, my intestines hated me for it. I, I had such extreme gas and it was like, Thank God at the time I was single and didn't have a girlfriend because <laughs> dude, if I did, man, I don't know what girl would want to have, would have stayed with me with, with that like disgust. It was terrible. Another, and I didn't even plant, piece it together. <laughs> another, plant, another plant-based girl would have been, a, would have been accepting and be like, I understand. <laughs> that, that is very true. That is very true. Cause I know my, yeah. I'm not going to put my sister on blast here, but I know her and her fiance have their moments of going back and forth. <laughs> But hey, man, but that begs the question, like, why are you 
passing gas so much? Like, why are your bowels so messed up? What's going on? And that's something that that was probably the number one, if not maybe energy and mental clarity was there as well. But since converting back in April to like primarily animal based, I'm not well. I am animal based. I really don't eat so much me, more than that. So to clarify for the audience, when you say animal based, because okay, so yeah, let me let me so, backtrack here. Let me just yeah. So so because when my friends ask me when I tell you when I tell them about it, they ask me like, is he on a keto diet? So no, what- okay, so that's a great question. So let me clarify for those of you guys listening what my stance is on uh, what exactly when I say quote unquote an animal based diet is for some of you that are maybe newer to this. So. An animal-based diet is is under a carnivore diet. So when we hear of this term, a carnivore diet, that is an all-meat diet. All you eat is meat. No plants, no no grain or grains fall in the category of plants. You're eating nothing but animal, right? Mm -hmm. So when you back down from that, which I actually believe more in this now than, than carnivore, carnivore can be good for people like Michaela Peterson, people with autoimmune diseases. Honestly, somebody like my mom who has systemic lupus and Crohn's disease and as a kid, she was in and out of the hospital, almost lost her life from taking a severe reaction to a drug her doctor wrongly prescribed. She was always sick, always, always sick. Her immune system fights itself because it's so overpowering. So I, like Michaela Peterson, like her dad, Jordan Peterson, and like a lot of these other people with autoimmune diseases, going carnivore, essentially what it is is, is a cleanse and an elimination diet. So once you go fully meat-based, meat is very forgiving, Right, A lot of these other foods that we're accustomed to eating are very unforgiving, meaning our bodies kind of have these little micro uh, reactions with the ingredients in the, in the foods, the chemicals that are in the foods. Meat is just meat. It's just mm. animal tissue that we're di- digesting. You know, There's really not much more to it other than animal fat and animal meat. And our bodies are more tolerable of it, evolutionarily speaking, because as our ancestors did many thousands of years ago, we would hunt and we would eat and we would hunt and we would eat. And then we would maybe go gather some berries or gather some, some uh, vegetables from, and they, they would learn too. They would learn what vegetables, what fruits, what plants they should not eat. How did they learn? Well, through death, people would die from eating the wrong thing over time. And they would say, Oh, well, John boy over there, he ate that vine on that tree. And well, he had a really bad reaction. Maybe we shouldn't eat that anymore. And they would start taking notes. Okay. Don't eat the cactus. Don't eat the, you know, the fungi growing in the dirt over there, but we can eat these blueberries. We can eat uh, this banana from this banana tree, you know, and we would kind of evolve to learn what we can and what we can't eat. So as I would, let's get back to the whole diet. So you got the carnivore diet, which is kind of a, a diet mainly yeah. used for people with autoimmune diseases, people that kind of need like a fresh reset, if you will. So I'm a step under that. I'm what uh, we consider uh, to be on an animal-based diet. And an animal-based diet is when you get 85 to 95, 85 to uh, pretty much, I guess, I don't want to say 100, but 95% of your calories from an animal, from right. some means of an animal, whether that's the meat, the fat, a dairy is classified, eggs, fish, any type of seafood, oysters, um, anything like that. That's animal-based. Honey, honey is animal-based because it's derived from an, a, an animal, a bee. Um, and also included in an animal-based diet is the other end of it. So for me, I actually am probably like 80-20 right now because I'm still big on uh, – I have a sweet tooth. So I'll still <laughs> eat apples. I'll still eat oranges. Uh, I'm not against really many fruits at all. I'm pretty open to it. I'll eat honey every once in a while if I can get my hands on some raw organic honey. And I'm not talking about the honey that's in a bear from Walmart. That's not what I'm saying because that's – 
Yeah, I'm not talking about Winnie the Pooh because that's all loaded <laughs> with processed sugars and, and just garbage yeah. that, that's not going to do anything for us other than inflame our pancreas. Um, but that's all things that are included. Uh, and then also, so so I, I need to clarify here as well because I'm still new to this, guys, so just kind of forgive me as I, as I go on. But so essentially animal-based diet, you have animal products and then on the other end is you have the least toxic plant foods is kind of the category of where those fruits fall into play. Uh, and then also on there are things like olives are things like avocado, which I'm a huge avocado fan. Yeah. Uh, these are all plant. <laughs> yeah, no, I love them, man. I really, you can do a lot with them. Um, but these are all foods that are lower on the toxicity spectrum. So the way that Dr. Sal- Paul Saladino explains it is you need to look at plants and I know like you're plant-based, so this might be hard for you to understand, but it would help you if you can kind of like, I would rather see you be plant-based and be aware of these toxins in them. Like be be aware of what they can possibly do to your body. Just so you're like knowledgeable. So like, maybe I should avoid this. Maybe I should eat more avocados or more of this. And I don't know where you're getting your protein from. Maybe lentils or, or uh, how do you say it? Um, like chickpeas, gorgonzola beans. Gorgonzola. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Anyways. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm getting on a rain here, but that's okay. So, so these plants exist on a toxicity spectrum. You need to know like things such as spinach and turmeric, curcumin, and so potatoes, the- sweet potatoes. They're all very high in something known as oxalic acid, otherwise known as oxalates. When you look at these oxalates on a petri dish under a microscope, on a microscope, they look like microscopic needles. So when we ingest these foods and, and these plants have these present toxins in them, yeah. They sit in our stomachs and eventually these for these foods that I just specifically listed, and there's thousands of different plant toxins. These are just one of them. And if you guys are interested in learning more about what an oxalate actually is, because I didn't know until last year, so this is very new to me. Yeah. Um, listen to uh, episode 55 on my podcast, The Relentless Life. I had the pleasure of bringing on Mrs. Sally Norton. She, w- she is uh, uh, somebody who studies she, uh, these this plant chemical, this plant – compound very in depth she has her own cookbook she's got she's been on so many she, i think she was with was she with jordan peterson she was on a few of the uh, on a few of the bigger podcasts um stephen gundry maybe um, yeah anyways i'm losing losing track here uh but i had her on and she's an she's an expert she all she does is, is study these oxalates she was a vegan for freaking eight years she was a vegetarian for eight years when she was younger she had a garden as a kid she was all plants that's all she believed in and she had all of these different just listen to my podcast i talked to her for over two hours about who she is what she believes in what her background and history is in and it just blows my mind that somebody who i think she's 57 years old now she's had all of this experience with these diets and is now animal based she's fully animal based and she has none of these conditions anymore so You know, I mean, like I, just, I said, I'm learning still too, you know, yeah. and I'm just doing my best to get my point across, but and I think take it with a grain of salt. Yeah. So what do you think of the concept of the best diet for you is really depending on your body type? Like there's, I think there's some studies that I've heard that it depends on your blood type in particular. Have you heard of that? Yeah. Yeah. I've heard of the blood type diet. Um, you know, I'm not really too familiar with it. I, I think that it's more about, um, like I said, I'm not really too familiar, but more about – so like the blood type that you are might be more accepting for certain – like like you might need more of magnesium or more of uh, zinc or copper or vitamin A. Like 
and, and, and based off of that, of your blood type, you know, they, they have supposedly from studies, like I said, I'm not too aware of this, so I'm just giving yeah. my best guess, but yeah, they'll find the foods that supply you with those proper amount of nutrients to quote unquote, be optimally healthy, I guess, you know? Yeah. And the reason why I bring that up is because yeah, there's plenty, I'm sure there's plenty of stories such as Michaela Peterson, where, you know, that diet works and, or, um, the, what's her name? Sally, Sally Norton. Yeah. I would look Sally at Norton. Store, yeah. Sally Norton, where she went from a plant-based diet to a animal-based diet. But then there's also stories where someone was on a mainly plant animal-based diet. They're all about eating meat and animal products. And then when I switched over to plant-based, they also saw improvements in their health. So I think, I think there's some truth to it personally, as far as like, it really depends on like how God created your body as far as like what your body needs. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's interesting too, you know, and uh, and I, I'm definitely not one to say that we're all meant to consume the same diet and yeah. eat the same nutrients, you know. Uh, yeah, my yeah. screen's my screen's starting to well, it's good now. It was twitching, <laughs> You're good. it was glitching. You're good. <laughs> um, but like I said, I'm not one to you know, say that, that we're all supposed to eat. That's kind of back to the question at the very beginning of this podcast was, should the government prescribe us all with the same recommended diet? Hell no, they should not because we're all individualized and we all have different uh, nutritional needs in in different ways and to fulfill our own needs. You know, I'm 182 pounds at 5'11". I'm 24 years old. I'm a male. Like me compared to my girlfriend or my sister or freaking anybody else in this world, it's going to be completely different, you know? So, yeah. Um, you still yeah, there, Ken? Because for me, the plant-based, yeah, I'm of still course. here. Ken, you still there? And it looks like we have some difficulty. I love Wi-Fi. Do you hear me now? I can hear you now. Were you glitching? Okay. Did you... Yeah, we're back. I, I, you're all, well, on your screen, it looked like you were glitching out. On my screen, it looked like I was Okay. See, that was the opposite with me. You were glitching out and I wasn't. Uh, that's funny. Anyways, no, I was just going to say like the plant-based diet for me in particular has been beneficial. Because um, I never, I think for me, like I never really had a structured diet before. Like I was just kind of basically eating whatever I felt hungry. And in Texas yeah. in particular where I'm at, they have like pre-packaged like meat seasoned meat and everything like that. Well, all you got to do is just go just throw it in the oven for like 10 or 11 minutes and it's already ready for you. And so I would say that was like from, Oh my gosh, from 20, the end of 2017, all the way through like 2019, I was more or less just eating meat like 90, 95% of the time. And I thought Mm -hmm. that would help me in a sense. Like I wanted to lose weight and and I thought was, I was trying like, my own lazy version of the keto diet, I guess, like low in carbs. Um, yeah, it just wasn't any set structure. Then I, when I watched the documentary, like, because at that point I watched the documentary, I was pushing 200 pounds, believe it or not. And I know back in high school, like I was super, super skinny to the point where there were people in my life that literally questioned whether or not my parents were feeding me. Right. Um, so it was like such a 180 and I was like, I need to do something to change my diet up. Like whatever, this is not working for me. And I guess for me in particular, like I think the plant-based diet helps me in a sense, like wasn't until I learned at the end of 2018 that I was only born with one kidney, for example. 
You like were? I, yeah, I never knew I was born with one kidney. You only have one kidney? Yeah, I never knew Holy that. Crap. I never knew that until three years ago. Dead ass. <laughs> Damn, that's crazy, man. And you never, did you ever have like any symptoms of like? No, man. My Anything? My kidneys were just working on overdrive, I guess. Um, your, kid, your kidney, singular. Kidney. My bad. <laughs> kidney, my bad. Uh, Mr. Graber here, Graber Nazi. No, but uh, yeah, kidney, I guess, was just working overtime. But it was obviously as you get older and everything like that, like eventually your metabolism starts slowing down. And, you know, it didn't help either that I was eating processed sugars, you know, because I was having I was eating apple sweet tooth too. So let me ask you a question. I'm going to cut you off here, but let me, let me ask you a question. When you did that 95% like meat based, like diet, what did that consist of? Like what was your definition of meat based? Um, a lot of pork, a lot of poultry and which, (laughs) uh, which we call it. And I, I was a huge fan of steak as well. Okay. Ribeye okay. in particular. I love I love me too. Ribeye has like the most fat. I never bought into the whole saturated fat BS when I was younger either. Um and it's it, and even if I was even if I'm even if I'm not on an animal based diet, like I would say like there's probably I understand the argument as far as why people are skeptical of those results because when they tested or they did those studies. It was it was never with an animal, or excuse me, it was just with an animal. It was never with a human. Mm-hmm. And, and then I learned that they actually started doing human trials with like saturated fat or just fat in general with meat, and it didn't right. have like any effect on cholesterol or anything like that. So, but I never bought into it. It was just always bizarre to me that people, because I come from a Hispanic culture, and I guess it's more common for the Hispanic culture for us. It's like you know that's where all the flavors at is the fat. <laughs> Yeah, well, uh, I personally don't think that there's anything wrong with fat consumption. And, oh yeah, I and, think, I, and I get and I get your point of view. Like, I probably if I was on that side, I would definitely probably be depending on, on where the fat's sourced from. You know, I mean, it, you're looking there's there's so much we can get into this podcast, but you know, I know we're we might have to do a part two. But with like fat, for instance, um, you know, where did that where did that fat come from? Did it come from a cow that was primarily grain fed or did it come from a cow that was grass fed and grass finished for the, for its entire life? Because you compare the, the, the macronutrients from, from a, a, a ribeye steak, uh, grain fed to a grass fed, grass finished ribeye steak. You're going to get 22 grams of protein, 22 grams of protein. You're going to get 30 grams of fat, 30 grams of fat and two carb and two carb. It's exactly the same. But when you dial in to the micronutrients, to the, 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 the nitty gritty, as I said before, of what exactly is in those steaks, it is a yeah. freaking night and day difference, bro. And even like that alone, like is a, is a huge difference. Like just eating grass fed compared to grain fed meat, huge, 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 huge. And obviously like that comes with like a financial obligation of having to pay a little bit more. Um, yeah. You know, but that's, that's something to think about if that's like, if that's something you didn't try, you know, I think that that's something worth <laughs> thinking about as well, you know, thinking about, like I said, you, you talked about pork, you talked about chicken, you said you like steak a little bit, but I, a lot of my diets, red meat. So like to any doctor right now, like I have 
my 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 cholesterol is slightly elevated at 24, which I'm not worried about whatsoever. Like not even slightly worried about it. Um, but my doctor tells me I have high cholesterol, like mo- moderately, slightly high. Like it's a little high, and I'm like I don't care. Like it doesn't bother me because I'm not worried about it because I know that we naturally have enough LDL cholesterol in our bloodstream right now as we speak to freaking kill us like we have so much ldl flowing in our bodies to kill us the only reason why it kills us is because it gets caught on our arteries uh in our heart it becomes like a like a velcro so the the walls of our arteries become very sticky and as that cholesterol is free flowing and as we eat more cholesterol you're going to get more of it but what happens is we we acquire what's known as insulin resistance and our pancreases don't see insulin the same as they naturally should. So what happens is we are eating all of these carbohydrates, all of these carbohydrates, turning over glucose, right, and, and doing it so much that we become uh, very resistant to insulin produ- production. And that makes the inside of our arteries very sticky. Not They need to be lubricated. They need to be very slippery for everything to just pass through, move through nice and quick, nice and flowy, nice and easy. But when they become sticky, those LDL and even some HDL cholesterol molecules get caught to the inside of those walls. And then over time, what happens? A plaque buildup happens. And that's when, you know, people have heart attacks. And that's one of the, that's the number one killer, I think, for men in the United States right now. So heart disease, heart attacks. Cardiovascular disease in general. Cardiovascular disease. Exactly. Which that falls under that umbrella. Um, Yeah. Which I'm glad you brought that up because that'll lead us into our next segment. And I gave you I gave you the questions in advance and everything like that. Um, but these questions is basically like, these are questions that basically like led me to be more plant-based. And again, I say plant-based cause I, I definitely eat meat maybe like once a month. All right, so so real quick, what is, what is that plant-based consist of? Like, what are you eating right now? So I eat my rice. Um, I've cut the processed stuff out. I, um, what kind of rice? At least tell me that. Brown rice. <laughs> oh, you're eating brown rice. Oh no. I, I would switch rice. to white, man. I would I, try to white. Just saying, I def- dude. I definitely eat brown rice. Um, which why, rice. why is that though? Why, why do you eat brown rice over white rice? Be frank with you. Um, I just like brown rice better. <laughs> you like the taste of it better. I like the taste of it better to be honest. Um, gotcha. It's just a little bit harder for, for most people to digest. That's the only reason, like if I was going to eat rice, I would eat white and not like minute made white. Like I'm not talking about like bleached heavily white rice. I'm talking about just naturally like natural Jasmine rice or, uh, basmati, like anything that's just natural white long grain rice, like not. And, and obviously it's like naturally sources you can get it too. you know, yeah. like try to avoid like massive, like factory farms of it. And, mm-hmm. but Anyways, continue. Yeah. I'm sorry. I didn't, I didn't no, mean to cut you off. No, it's, no, it's really fine. Um, and, I'll def- and I'm definitely uh, – I definitely try to eat as much vegetables as I can. I like making fruit smoothies for breakfast. Um, like I'm a big fan of strawberry banana smoothies. Um, every now and then I'll chip in some blueberries. I think it's pretty good. Um, which me call it? I do all my milk. I eat my – I eat a lot of mango as well. Yeah, just like a – well, at least the best I can be anyway, as far as a wholesome plant base. So, and I have my cheat days though, too, as far as like, that's so you're I, like, I, it sounds to me, everything you've listed would be like considered vegan almost. 
No, I don't. No, we can't say vegan. All right, because there's some people that take that religiously, and I do well, have, and I do have like my. Uh, what do you mean by like? Because if I, because t- if I, because at least from what I've seen and experienced, if I tell people, for example, like I don't mind like treating myself to Chick Fil A like once or twice a month, like at least the typical vegan that I've met, like they will tell me like that's not true veganism, and like I said, like I'm not changing my clothes. And a lot of times I notice with veganism is it's a lot, there's a lot of politics involved too. I've noticed yeah, um, they're really, there's a lot of connection with PETA, which um, <laughs> that's a whole nother freaking rabbit. That's hole. another, that's another conversation. Oh my God. Don't even get me started with regenerative agriculture and freaking. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah. So I say, and every now and then I do eat eggs too. So I say I'm probably more vegetarian than vegan. Choline, yeah. I, and it's the and it's the uh, what is it? The uncaged chicken that you want, which I know you probably would like as far pa- as you know. Yeah, pa- past pasture raised uh, or not pasture raised? I'm sorry, free range chicken. Yeah, free range, yeah, yeah. That's good. I, that, it's like seven dollars for a dozen of eggs, but <laughs> uh, yeah. Unless I you mean, get locally sourced, like unless you have a farmer near you and you get a good price for them. No, I, I don't have that privilege, unfortunately. But I do eat eggs, so my it's not it's more vegetarian than vegan. I mean, I would much rather see you be vegetarian than vegan. Obviously, um, you know, <laughs> hopefully, we can get you to the you try to convert me to the animal. I'm know? not. I'm not going to try anything, and you know? hey, I just I'll present hey, what I know to you and to your listeners hey, and hey, and so my that's... personal experience with it. That's all I'm going to do. You know, if you guys are having health ailments and are still suffering, yeah, I'm here to I mean, maybe help you guys if you haven't tried going animal based yet because I. You know, like I said, I love it. And like I said, in the at some point in the episode, like we're not experts, and we both acknowledge we're not experts. But um, part of the but the one thing that we that at least I can speak for myself. I know you're the same way, but I can at least speak for myself is that I'm very open minded. So whether it's being, I don't care about the stigma of eating animals, and I'm, (laughs) you know, I just eat meat and uh, and ego. Like I I don't care about that. Like if plants were, if I genuinely thought that plants had all of these amazing benefits to offer me, I would freaking eat plants all the time, man. Like, mm-hmm. and if I thought red meat caused cancer, like if I genuinely like thought this, like I would not obviously be doing, like I'm doing this because I genuinely believe that I am helping to prevent and, um, chronic diseases and live a longer, higher quality life. That's why I'm doing this. And I'm glad you brought that up. Because- and, and you're probably doing that for the same, I mean, for the yeah. same reason. You're- and the- and that's Doing the whole point. The same reason, and that's the premise of this episode. Is like we both come from a good place as far as like we both want a better diet for people. Whether you know they decide to go more animal based or they go more plant based. Right. I know there's a diet out there we haven't mentioned, but pescatarian as well. If you want, no, oh, there's a million different diets. Yeah, there's a, yeah, and so like do you your be research. Careful with, do be careful with fish though, guys, and 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 seafood. I, I seafood is like my I love seafood and like I still eat it. Not like yeah. all the time. Like we, uh, yeah, I know. We still have shrimp here and there, but yeah, I know. Like with seafood, we've kind of like because of the pollution with water, something like exactly. that. Exactly. Yeah, and but, a lot of fish too are very high in certain metals, and that's also something you want to monitor as well. Uh, but right. like you said, the pollution can aspect is is really big, and a, like lobster, crabs, different crustaceans, oysters, things that are bottom feeders. Think about all of the like pollution and sediment that like falls down. Like they're all at the bottom end of that. And they kind of like, 
that saying you are what you eat. So like when they are just bottom feeders and eating kind of the scum of the ocean, like that's what you're, you're eating that animal that's doing that eating. So, yeah. you know, well, that's it sounds like kind you're not, of a, it sounds like you know our common ground on that as far as, you know, be careful with seafood if you decide to eat seafood. Um, yeah. I mean, make sure like the sort, like I say, make sure like, I mean, all we do is shop in Publix, which Publix is so much better than Sam's Club, Walmart, all these, any of these other bigger food distributors. But I mean, even I like with, H- I was going to say, I have H-E-B here. That's what I have in Texas. What, what is it? H-E-B. H-E-B. Is H-E-B. that just like. That's like a grocery store chain in the southwest part of the country. Oh, that's cool. We don't have it Publix. Must, <laughs> yeah, it must be weird. Uh that's that's I, I totally forgot that you're over in Texas. That's crazy. It's a totally different, you know. Yeah, world, man. Really. I, will, I mean, I'll be back in Florida, like I said, by the by the end of August, most likely, or beginning of September. But yeah, cool, we have man. AGB here. <laughs> cool, man. Well, we'll have to link up. We'll definitely have to. Uh, we'll get coffee or something while you're here. Yeah, yeah, but I'm maybe you'll maybe... be animal based when you come over when you come back. <laughs> maybe maybe you'll you know, listen to a few of my podcasts. You're like, oh my god, this is so crazy. And you know, you say you brought up like a part two, like if you want to do something like that, but this, but the next time, like you're the host, we could do that too. But um, I'm glad yeah. you're bringing all this stuff up because it kind of actually goes into the next segment that uh, I call it curveball questions, and it's really to like go ahead and defend your position because these are stats and uh, really data in general, just studies that have led me to the plant based diet, and it's kind of convince anyone out there, including myself, you know, well, I know this is what you're being told, but I have these studies to counteract to kind of give a more balanced perspective. Right. And so, and before you throw these curveball questions at me, I mean, there's like a thousand different studies in this book in front of me, but I don't have them like I don't have them listed oh, yeah. in front of me. So like just it, like like I told you like before the podcast, I'm not like prepared to present all of these different studies. I can when I have, when I formulate some time, I can certainly pull a few and yeah, 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 maybe, yeah, yeah. maybe you can put them in your show notes for people so we can kind of compare studies and see what people want to believe. I'd be open to do something like that as well, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I think they're pretty generic. I think they're fair questions. I don't think – you read the questions beforehand, right? No. Oh. <laughs> that was the <laughs> whole purpose. Where, where did you send them? The Snapchat? Snapchat, yeah. That was oh, the whole no, purpose. I, I didn't even see them, dude. <laughs> oh, I read the notes that you had laid out. The notes. Yeah, that like, is that it, what it was. Yeah, it was in that. It was in that section. Then there's like oh, because I read that. Yeah, and then they have the curveball questions in there. It's like because I want to give you that time to prepare. Um, oh. All right, so we'll keep that in mind. I'll, I'll try to. <laughs> I mean, you can it, hit uh, me with a few. With you can call. hit me with a few. I mean, like I said, we'll I don't have studies in front of me or anything, to, but you know, I'll you keep know. that in mind. And can you hear me? No, oh, you're glitching again, buddy. Oh, that stinks. Darn. Oh, oh it's still recording. All right, perfect. We're so, I, I, I was going to stop recording. I'm glad I didn't because I would have had it. That would have sucked to have to mend those. <laughs> hey, so real quick, it's 725. You think maybe 10 more minutes and if we can do a part two, we can do a part two. Yeah, we could do the part two on your podcast if you want. Yeah, that um, would be cool. And, so so use the next and, 10 minutes however you want, but then I do have to get off. Yeah, 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 that's fine. And then if you want for this part two, we can schedule that. And for the part two, you can also throw me questions as far as, you know, what about these studies? Have you thought about them? So 
Yeah, for um, sure. We could do like a little an actual prepared debate next time. Just yeah. to read the questions beforehand. Definitely, man. Uh, but anyway, so let's go ahead and get started. Uh, we'll get through this as fast as possible. Um, so in the article you co-authored, which, by the way, if you haven't actually read that article, it's 78% of Fat Pride. Uh, Chance and I actually uh, co-authored that article together, in that, yeah. which you can just type in. By the way, type in kenjin296 at substack.com, and uh, you can read the newsletter there. But in your article you co-authored with me, you suggested that you can only you get the majority of our nutrients from eating animal products. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you say to those that suggest that animal is just the middleman and that nutrients, the nutrients we get from them originates from plants, including B12, which even animals now, they get supplements in order to get their B12? So I think that's a, I think that's a great question because that's something that, you know, vegans and vegetarians oftentimes ask somebody that's animal-based or, or carnivore. Um, mm-hmm. And I used to think that same way, right, of like the energy – uh, triangle, like, you know, it goes from the sun to plants to deer to us eating the deer. We're at the tertiary level of, of the energy um, pyramid or whatever you want to call it. And I believe that at one point. But as I said earlier, like I've kind of evolved my ideologies of how I look at things and how I look at uh, uh, life as a whole. And I really think you need, like I said before, you need to be open-minded to not just believing one concept, like, yes, that's like a very like easy thing to like say and and want to believe. But at the end of the day, you know, when you have plants that exist on a toxicity level, this is something that is true. Like plants contain toxins Mm -hmm. and take a cow, take a ruminant, take an animal that roams freely on the grassland. They take the grass that they eat they digest mm-hmm. the grass, and so in a cow they have four stomachs, and they. My my buddy Brian Sanders put this into into perspective for me. He said, "What happens in their stomach is essentially it's like magic. So they upregulate this grass. This it's very low in nutrition. There's not much to grass. They upregulate this nutrition, and they they grow in size. And what happens when we?" when we eat one of these animals, one of these ruminants, a cow, a bison or whatever it is, we get this abundant source of animal fats and rich protein and zinc, magnesium, uh, copper, different, different uh, uh, things like um, carnitine and creatine, things that are not existent in plants. Like they are literally not found in any plant that are only found in animals. And a lot of the vitamins and minerals found in plants are actually only the precursor uh, for humans. So what that means is they don't have the full bioavailable form. So when we digest these precursors, we're not getting the full effect from in comparison to vitamin. Um, believe it or not, there's actually vitamin C in meat. And, and there's a whole thing on the scurvy hypothesis of how many milligrams of vitamin C do we actually need to not get scurvy. And I don't believe it's really anything – more than 10 or 20 milligrams, some people would be willing, obviously, to argue that, that are vegan, saying, oh, no, it needs to be more than 70 or 80 milligrams, and we need 100. And anyways, there are tons of nutrients in meat, tons and tons and tons and tons of nutrients in meat. And I'm getting kind of on a tangent here, but I think you talked something about vitamin B12 as well, and there's vitamin B that's also pre- – I think it's B12 and B6 that's present in red meat. Um, and a lot of the people that are animal based 
primarily eat red meat. Like they still also eat chicken and pork, but that's more of a every once in a while thing. I mean, you know, I've seen Sally eat pork heart before and different organs from a pig and she eats, we, I eat a lot of bacon. Uh, she eats a lot of bacon, stuff like that. But, um, but the majority of, of calories from somebody who's animal based is usually from red meat or from a, from a cow. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know if I, I hope I answered some of that question a little bit. I might've kind of danced around it. Not, not purposely. <laughs> I think it- I think you answered it as best you could. I just look at it in a different way now. I look at animals eating plants, which really don't like, I don't look at it as an energy thing anymore. I used to like, I used to believe, like I literally used to believe that energy triangle and I know the exact uh, picture and diagram you're referring to. And I've seen it so many times and it's all over the vegan community, but that's not like sun travels down into the earth, passes the atmosphere and photosynthesis is is performed in plants. Plants then create these different chemicals. They grow, they progress throughout their lives until some sort of animal that was evolved. All they did their whole lives was eat grass and eat vegetables and eat different uh, plants and their bodies evolved to adapt to deal with these different phytotoxins, these mycotoxins and plants. Humans on the other hand, in my opinion, but this is just based, you know, on evolution, they, they haven't, humans have not evolved to digest certain chemicals and plants. That's why we have reactions to them. Uh, I don't know if there's ever, I'm sure there's been studies done on animals, um, uh, that obviously that eat plants and that's all animals eat. Uh, but if there were studies done, I don't know if there would be any, like, do animals have like these adverse health, do animals die of obesity? Do animals die of Crohn's disease of different, like, is that normal? You know, like, is that a normal thing? And, and I don't want to like make people think that, um, like, I guess I am anti-vegetable, but I don't want people to, th- <laughs> I don't want people to think that I'm like main, just referring to green vegetables. When I say plants, I'm referring to the whole spectrum, except for fruits. Right. I think fruits are kind of off limit. I think they're a lot safer, but I'm also talking about grains and different rices and spices and peppers and um, stuff like that. Like it's not just green vegetables. Like the, it's a whole different, like there's so much more to it than just that. And I, and I think you did a d- decent job explaining earlier as far as like what vegetables, you know, you actually allow for your diet. Yeah. Um, so, I, so I don't think that's an issue. Um, and an avocado to clarify from earlier, an avocado I think is actually classified as a fruit because it grows off of a tree. It's the offspring of a tree. So things guys that if you are looking to go animal based that you would want to avoid in an animal based culture would be uh, seeds, nuts, legumes, grains, leaves, roots, anything that is the primary aspect of a plant, especially like, like I said, seeds, that's, the plant's baby. So like if you're eating an apple, okay, fine, eat the apple. But like, God forbid you eat the seeds. Like apple seeds are so toxic. You do not want to eat the seed of anything. Like that is all of its DNA and all of it. It wants to protect that seed with its friggin' life because that seed well, is what's going to reproduce. That's what's going to allow it to reproduce. So it's going to protect it like a mother. I mean, that's, <laughs> you know, well, it sounds like you and I agreed that we need to eat more legumes. Um, it sounds like we agree on that as well. So no, I don't. Whether, I don't agree with eating more legumes. I don't agree with that. What, what, sorry, what, I'm sorry, I misheard you. Yeah, what I don't. Were you about no, legumes? I said legumes to avoid legumes. 
Oh, Le- Lord Lagoons. Okay, my bad. I, yeah, I'm, oh, I'm <laughs> yeah, my definitely. Bad. I, 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 rather than getting my energy from plants or from different carbohydrate sources, like I still get carbohydrates from fruits and honey and stuff like that. But I get all of all of my energy and my body runs primarily on fat. So that comes from animals, from the fat on my steak, from butter, from egg yolks. I I'll eat five or six egg yolks every morning. Uh, I think I said the fat off of my steak. I said that. Um, sometime I, I will go on times where I'll have like A2 dairy and I'll drink whole, whole milk, A2 dairy. I'm not too, I, I haven't really noticed like a big change in my digestion with that. Some people are very, very sensitive to dairy. With yeah, eight, like 90% with, of the world is like lactose intolerant, I think. Like yeah, and, and and even as my sister for the longest time, and I kind of still disagree that it's kind of a, it's a weird like slippery slope. Like I kind of disagree that humans should be drinking milk from like a different species. But then I learned, okay, so then I learned about A1 and A2 dairy and now they're two completely different things. So like dairy is not just dairy. A1 and A2 are different. The protein chemical makeup of A2 dairy is much more digestible than A1 dairy. So if we took everyone that was lactose, well, maybe not, maybe let's not say that, but if we took everyone that drinks milk, whether the diagnosis is lactose intolerant or not, and we gave them A2 dairy, I guarantee there would be a good percentage of those people that wouldn't, wouldn't have the amount of problems that they were having with regular milk. Put it that way. I think that there would still be people that are lactose intolerant because some people just don't do well with dairy. And, yeah. I, you know, so. Yeah, goes, I don't know how my body would react. It's been a long time since I've had at least. And I don't drink, I don't drink milk often. I will say I do eat cheese more often than I should. I, I have cheddar cheese on my eggs. Um, what else do I eat? Yeah. Cheese. I'll have like uh, my girlfriend will buy like salami and liverwurst from Publix and she'll also buy some cheese. I'll do like some roll-ups, you know. Mm-hmm. And of course, that's yeah. an argument with nitrites and nitrates, and you know, whatever. That's a totally different thing. Uh, but yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. you know. So, so you have so you have time for one more question? Let's do one more question. Yeah. All right. Cool. Um, and then we'll by the done. way, for by the way, that was not a bad answer as far as uh, for someone who didn't actually look into my notes. So thanks. I, I'm trying. <laughs> like I said, I don't have any studies. I've only. First learned no, about animal based four or five months ago, so just keep that in mind, guys. Well, but yeah, I think you did a decent job like defending your position. Um, can you hear me? Appreciate that, Ken. Very, very sweet of you, buddy. <laughs> you froze up. Can you hear me now? Yeah, it's saying your connection's unstable. Oh shoot. Uh, we're back. All right, let's get this done quick because it says my con- there's a connection issue. So, all right, so we're going back to the article. Uh, you also said that considering you also said that we need to be eating less plants and more meats. Kind of what you kind of part of your uh, kind of goes with your last answer a little bit. Yeah. Um, and I guess you kind of answered this question already, as far as like what's your justification for this, considering the global burden disease study, which was like the largest study ever done um, as far as like the trying to understand why we have the issues we have with cardiovascular disease. Um, They say we need to eat more fruits, nuts, seeds, veggies, and whole grains, which uh, 
us plant-based eaters would include legume legumes. So, yeah. So um, I think I'm familiar with that study. Uh, I, I think Paul had might have talked about it in one of his podcasts. Uh, what was the name of it again? The global. It was the global burden disease study. Global burden disease study. So any studies like that, that like, first of all, and this, this, I don't want to say this to make it go against me or anything, but there have not been, there there have not been, and and that's something Paul is, he wants to create a uh, nonprofit to raise money and raise funds to create more animal-based studies and create more studies to help support. I mean, there's studies out there, but more of them to help support, you know, what he believes in. And, and, uh, I totally agree with that too, because there, a lot of these big studies are, you know, it's scary because they're funded by, you know, certain people in the world, certain powerful people that have their own agenda for us. And I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I'm not trying to state that or anything, but, you know, I just, I just know from some of the things that I've seen some of the people I've talked to and listening to Paul, listening to other advocates in, in this small but growing community that not all of these studies are very reliable and they are based, as I said, on epidemiology. And, you know, it's th- these studies aren't really controlling what's meant to be c- controlled in, in those studies. And like I say, guys, I'm still learning as well, but that's just my perspective and my take on it. And that's, thanks to my open-mindedness and always wanting to, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a truth seeker and I want to figure things out for myself. I don't want to just listen to this massive grand study that just sounds so glorious from, you know, whoever created it or whoever deemed it, you know, show me, show me the study and show me the nitty gritty, show me how exactly these people lived and, what different variables were associated with their lifestyle and what stress points were incorporated and were they getting ample amounts of sleep? Were they staying hydrated? Were they, you know, there's just so many different things. So and I, I, I don't have a straight that. answer for this question, to be honest with you, Ken, and I'm not going to dance around or dodge around it. Um, oh no, but it's all right. I pre- Again, it's better. This show is about being transparent and being honest. So I right. equals understanding. Yeah. And with that and all I will ahead. and all I will say, guys, I am not the person to talk to about study. Like I'm not well versed <laughs> enough to yeah. talk about studies right now. I'm still learning. I'm four months into it. I would highly, highly, highly encourage anybody listening to this podcast. If you are curious at anything that I have said thus far, if you've heard more about it, if you want to learn more about it, please, I'm not sponsored. I'm not um an affiliate for his company or anything like that. I have no association with Paul Saladino or Heart and Soil. All I simply believe is what his message is. Follow his, uh, subscribe to his podcast. It's free on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify. I think he's on a few other ones, but mainly Apple Podcasts, the Fundamental Health Podcast. And he has on guests that, that talk about not just an animal-based diet, but it, it goes into how our ancestors lived. It goes into... Uh, how to optimize our testosterone. It goes into uh, how to sleep optimally. I mean, you name it, anything to do with fundamental health. He has talked about it. He has over 170 episodes and that's where I get a lot of my information from is Dr. Paul. And um, 
Yeah. So if you guys have any questions of like anything that I'm saying, I get a lot of my stuff from Dr. Paul Saladino. And I would also encourage you to read his book too. He's got a lot of great information in there and it's probably going to blow your mind the way it blew my mind. So that's all I'll say. That's all I'll say. I think that's probably a pretty de- I don't want to cut your show short. Show short. That was a tongue twister. Oh, but. it's okay, man. Um, but I do appreciate you coming on the show and giving your perspective as far as like what's the best way to go about really becoming a better yeah. and healthier society. Yeah, and I think – yeah. And I was going to say, I think that you and I have more in common than we have not in common. Obviously our opinions and perspectives on it are a little bit different, but at the end of the day, we just want to help other people help ourselves to become healthier and to live just a better quality life, you know, and, and rid chronic disease. And, you know, yeah, that's what it's about. Uh, and like I said earlier in this episode, the preventive aspect when it comes to diet, that aspect of preventive health care is being completely lost in the sauce and translation. It is. It and is. it's better. It's whether we agree or not, it's better to have these conversations than just ignore it and shove another pill down our throat. Exactly. And I think that's and, also something we both agree on is getting away from pharmaceuticals as well and focusing more on our diet. Yeah. A lot of our problems can be resolved with a better diet. So Absolutely. with that said, everyone... Thank you, Chance Galloway, for participating in this episode in Taboo Topic. You're always welcome to come on my show. Go ahead and let everyone know again where they can find you on the Apple Podcast. Uh, absolutely. So I uh, once again, my name is Chance Galloway. I am on uh, the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, the two of the most common places you can find me. The Relentless Life with Chance Galloway is my podcast. I have over 56 episodes right now. And I am also on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn as Chance Galloway or at Chance Galloway Fitness on Instagram. Uh, other than that, I look forward to connecting with anybody that listened to this conversation. Hopefully Ken and I provided you with maybe a new or different perspective, something that you might want to learn more <laughs> about. Uh, I know that I'm always here for you guys. If you have any questions, please feel free to, to reach out to me, DM me, whatever works best for you all. And I look forward to uh, coming on again, Ken, with you and maybe furthering this conversation. Yeah, and then maybe we can have some other conversations such as PETA. It'll let you go on a tangent on that. <laughs> definitely, man. I definitely will. I would love to talk about the perspective I now recently have acquired on life and death and animals. And yeah, it's... it's Talk about other things. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and I can attest what you said earlier. Just so my audience knows that uh, you're not bought off and that you are genuine when you say like you genuinely want the people who are listening, the audience members to really just have a better life and learn something out of this. I truly do. So, man. Uh, That's why I'm here. That's why I do yeah, what I do. Neither one of us are bought off. So anyways, Chance, I hope you have a great rest of the day, man. Too, man. And thanks again for, thanks again for showing up. <laughs> you too. Thank you guys. Make sure to stay relentless. See you. All right. See you around. Thanks so much for listening today. I hope you enjoyed the episode. If you did feel free to hit that subscribe button and leave a review. This helps further spread the message of the relentless life. You can find me on Instagram as Chance Galloway Fitness. I'm also available on LinkedIn and Facebook. If you have any questions following this episode, feel free to reach out to me at chancegalloway at live.com. Thanks again. Until next time, keep living consistently relentless.